0: Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous podcast. And welcome to a new season. It's crazy as 2019, we can barely even believe it ourselves. And if you're anything like us, then you're taking full advantage of this time to think about the new year, new goals, new dreams, and all that good stuff. Uh, But today we wanna talk to you about the new you. When you came to know Jesus, he gave you a whole new way of living. And today, Pastor Nate's gonna take us to the book of Ephesians, to share with us about this new life we have in Christ.
1: To to think of it like man like your 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 work is like your contribution to subduing, filling the earth and subduing it. It kind of helps maybe people think about, well what am I going to do for work? What what will I focus on, you know, because it, you want it to at least fulfill that.
0: do you have any routines that when you do them you're just like whoa i feel like a new man right now like anything in the morning you're like all right i just needed that i'm feeling brand new today
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) that first cup of coffee i suppose yeah i don't know man with the coffee it's like (laughs) just still feel pretty terrible (laughs) it takes a while to feel good it's probably hard to feel like a new man right when you wake up I think for me Thursday afternoons I'll usually go on a nice long run. Okay. And get out in the forest, come home, be all tired, shower up, get all clean. Mm -hmm. That's a good routine. (laughs) You just feel you feel good. The week is pretty much over and you're just like, All right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just thinking about how I get to chill for a, a day or two mm. and that Riley's at the church doing this Thursday night college <laughs> I'm about to say adult Thursday night probably like the pinnacle of my he's week he's gonna be up until midnight just <laughs> serving the Lord and I'm gonna be snoozing oh man that's so great that's my Friday but
0: that's so tight you I love that I wanted to ask because, you know, we're talking about the new you right now. I just even love the title of these articles you wrote, Nate. These two from Ephesians, the new you. Um, You talk about a few different things that kind of come with like the new Christian life. And you pull from the writing of Paul in Ephesians, kind of looking at a lot of these put off and put on kind of statements um so i thought that before we get into the questions about the actual article that um that nate you actually kind of talked to us about this passage in ephesians what is paul doing as he's encouraging the church to put off certain things put on certain things like what's his agenda with the church what's he purposing with them
1: yeah so in ephesians 4 he's talking to the church about the new humanity that they've been brought into by the blood of Jesus, right? the new relationship that they have with God, and he comes to a portion where he talks to them about the old life that they are no longer bound to partake in, hmm. and how that old life, that's not what we now have in Christ, we can put off our old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new self. Hmm. So there's this like three-part process. There's the putting off of the old thing because, and, and and of course we recall, this is not him saying, this is how you save yourself. What we know is that positionally, the old man has died with Christ. So he's telling us, this is what Jesus has done for you. So you now, practically speaking, put off the old self that has died with Christ. And then secondly, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That's a Hmm. part of the process that we cannot forget. So we're as we're reading scripture, learning scripture, having it taught to us, as it is washing us, renewing us, our minds are being renewed. And then the third step is put on the new self. So it's not just taking off. It's not just take off and learn. It's take off, let your mind be renewed, and then put on the new self. This is really important because... um, Many have a fascination with sin as mm-hmm. if it's just all we want to do is put off certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. And then, if I could just say it like this, what results is the most boring life ever? <laughs> like, what do you do yeah. if all you're doing is just putting off sin? things, yeah. What do you do? Just sit around and watch... Leave it to beaver reruns (laughs) for the rest of your life. Like, no, it's put off the old self, let your mind be renewed, like engage in that process and then put on the new self. Hmm. It's actually not even a possibility to just put off one and not put on the other. Yeah. It's like, it's going to be sin in in and of itself to, to neglect, you know, what the Lord has for you. Right. So so then you know after making that big statement like you're not in the old gentile thing and the futility of their minds and all of that you've been renewed so you know put off the old self be renewed in the in uh, the spirit mm-hmm. of your mind and then put on the new self which has been created after the likeness of god he then gives uh, five different examples of areas to put off and to put on. right? So that's what those Mm. two articles were about, was just the put off, put on categories. I love it. I love it.
0: Let's just go through a few of these. Um, Number one, Paul told them to be truthful and reliable. I just love that. I think that we're all to some degree craving truth and reliability. Uh, But why did Paul see this as an essential for um, the new... Life of being a Christian,
1: yeah. So, the falsehood one, yes, yeah. yes,
0: yeah, putting off falsehood.
1: Well, that's a, that's a great question. Like, the why, because when Paul lays these out, it's really masterful because right. he doesn't, um, he's like a really good parent, you know. Uh, some parents it would be, don't do that, do this hmm. because I told you to, right? But what Paul, and obviously, there are plenty of times where you just have to. <laughs> Do lay down know, the law that's what you have to do <laughs> but with Paul it was always a take this off put this on and here's why right. so when you ask that question mm-hmm. why the putting off of falsehood well he said it he said for we are members of one another mm-hmm. so the the why is well we're all part of a community together so the quickest way to erode and corrupt and break down that community and just make it a big old dysfunctional mess is to lie right. to each other, so true. to uh, be false with one another rather than speaking the truth with your mm. neighbor. So you know what it's like, right? When you're when you're first meeting somebody, you know, and you're first getting to know them, is there going to be like a high level of real sincere, mm. dare I say, brutal truth, you know, coming out of your mouth towards each other? If there is, there's something dysfunctional already. But you know what it's like when you build a relationship with somebody and the community that you have together. Mm. It just grows over time to where it is safe. The love is so strong. The love is so real. But you're able to have uh, truth, a real honesty with each other. Almost to the point that if you don't, then you're being false. Yeah. And the relationship can't move forward because there's just this big thing that Mm -hmm. you just know, like, it's in the way. I feel, I don't feel free. I don't feel like I can say what's going on. And the community is broken. I don't know if that's a good example or not of this, but that was Paul's reasoning. You know, we're members of of one another. So
0: good, man. That is so important. (laughs) The second thing you pulled out was that Paul told them. Uh, to be free of enslaving anger, which was um, interesting. I'd love to talk about this a little bit. Um, it's not that he told them to be free of anger, but enslaving anger. So I wanted just to ask, uh, what role does anger have within the, this new Christian life, this new humanity, um, and why would we want to steer away from the enslaving type? Like, what's the what's the difference
1: there? Yeah. Well, of course you want to talk about that because. <laughs> <laughs> you my millennial friend mm. love uh, concepts like justice and Come righteousness and on. you want to see the right things done <laughs> and you see things in the world that grieve you yeah that right. that hurt mm-hmm. they hurt your heart it's <laughs> <laughs> a great way of putting it right yep. i mean I, I hope i'm representing you well you yeah. know and 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 what you've discovered in that is that yeah there are things on earth that they there should be a righteous anger about right, right. things that we should never come to a place where we say, "You know what? that's just the way things are, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm okay with that. No, there are atrocities and injustices that just aren't right, and right. it's it's a tragedy that they exist, and they should be eradicated from mm-hmm. the species. you know it it takes some balance then to walk through all of that and mm-hmm. to say, you know, I realized that ultimately only Christ is going to remove all of these tarnishes right. on God. humanity. It also takes some maturity to understand that you're dealing with so often non-believing mm. parts of the world and, you're, and you're, you're trying to, you can't try to reform or conform mm-hmm. people into the image of Christ when they haven't been reborn. So, so you're, you're, you have to kind of walk through that you know, with some wisdom that yeah. the rebirth is needed. But nor do I think that you have to just go all the way the other direction and say, well, unless somebody is saved, there's nothing that I can do. There's no input that I can give. There's nothing that, that, that we can do to help mm-hmm. the, the world community at large. But, but all of that to say you're just seeing, hey, there's a place for righteous anger, isn't there? I mean, and and that's true, of course. I mean, you could say in one sense that it was righteous anger that caused Christ to step Mm. out of heaven and to take on humanity. He was angry at what sin was doing to human beings, Mm. dividing us from God and from each other. He went into the temple and drove out the money changers with a whip of cords he was angry that they had created a false barrier between god and potential worshipers so there are moments where we are to be angry the bible says be angry and do not sin so there's the idea here that there's the possibility of an anger without sin right you know and so so that that Was kind of what you're alluding to, you know, the idea that believers are called to righteous anger. But there is an anger that enslaves, even righteous anger, you know, anger over something that is a righteous cause, that can turn into a sinful thing, you know, where it becomes an all consuming fire. Mm -hmm. There is no ability to have any joy whatsoever. It becomes your identity that you're wrapped up in and swallowed in. It becomes your singular message. You become like a Pharisee looking down your Mm -hmm. nose at people who do not share the same vehemence or perspective or level of alarm as you do. There are a thousand ways that righteous anger can turn into an enslaving Mm -hmm. anger. So we really have to watch out because, I mean, Jesus nailed it. And so often we don't. (laughs) That's so true, man. That's good. But yeah, he told them, you know, be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. So there's the reason for yeah. the anger. One, the reason is because you, you're you're potentially giving the devil an opportunity to gain traction in your life. Yeah, it's a good word right there, man. I love that. Um,
0: this third point um, might speak to millennials as well. I'm not totally sure, but the third point is that Paul told um, told the church to be hardworking. So you know, for many of us who um, may feel like work kids is... Kids these days. Ki, kids these days, man. How are you going to get them to work? But sometimes we feel like, you know, work is a result of the fall. Like it's something we have to be um, freed of because it was entered in by sin or something like that. But Paul, when he's talking about this and talking about the new Christian life, he he makes it sound like it's really important to be a hard worker. It's not like when you become a Christian, you you suddenly transcend this like act of working your lives it's not just about relaxing and playing but there's like a there's a work to be done which is really good to talk about um so i just wanted to ask why is honest labor um to use your words from the article a part of this new life
1: oh yeah well the reason oh the reason he gives here yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of a lot of reasons throughout scripture but the reason he gives here is so that he may have something to share with mm. anyone in need. Yeah. That should resonate with the millennium. Come on. You Come know? on. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, his his whole thing is like, look, you, you want to be a contributor. Yeah. That's good. Not just a taker. You want to be a contributor. And he is thinking about the christian community Mm -hmm. you know he's thinking about the church he's this whole letter the book of ephesians is about the new humanity so he's not even talking uh about a civic responsibility here when he says this he's talking about our relationship with each other you want to be able to be a generous person if you're Mm -hmm. basically in a sense you could say if you're not hard working you'll never be able to be generous like jesus that's right yeah so that's the why of hard work here so he's saying put off thieving you know taking stealing put that off but instead labor doing honest work with your own hands i mean there is other reasons why why we should work hard you know one is that that it uh, emulates jesus mm. you know we want to imitate yeah. christ and he was the hardest working man uh, whoever lived and we would like to imitate him. Another right. is that God designed work for us, mm-hmm. you know, and the Garden of Eden man was still working. And mm-hmm. um, even though the fall exacerbated work and we were now kind of at the mercy of the earth and we're in like a we're like a basically in a constant battle with the planet that we live on mm. you know it's a fight for survival you know we're we plant seed and we hope that we're going to get to eat from that yeah. seed you know that grows um but in the garden although work was not that intense it wasn't a fight with the earth right it was a partnership with the earth in that state uh still there was work mm. there was a job you know to perform um so, th- there's a lot of reasons totally. to, to work. I, another reason to work is because it keeps us busy, which we need. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, with idle time, we often enter into sin and temptation. So, uh, another reason for work is because of stewardship. You yeah. know, God has given us a life with which we're supposed to steward, we're supposed to fulfill the roles that He's given to us mm. in life. So, our work helps us be. Become good stewards of the life that he's uh given to us so those are just some um uh, you know reasons for for work but but here you know the reason i mean another great reason for oh, work well, let's go yeah. another i think this one doesn't get realized a lot by people i was talking to a friend of mine recently who he uh I'm totally going to botch like his career, but he works with computers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a general. Yeah. And field. a lot of what he does has to do with, um, uh, manipulating code and getting okay. it to work for, uh, basically like satellites and weather systems and basically, right, right. you know, being able to, um, you know, more accurately predict for shipping lanes and stuff like right, that, right. what different weather is going to be like in different places. And, it's so, so cool like all of that, because this is this is all stuff that God put into mm. the hard wiring of the our planet and so we're still you know because uh, God told us to fill the earth and yeah. subdue it so we're still going through the process of figuring out all those zeros and ones <laughs> and code to be able to subdue the earth yeah. so that we can pack a boat filled with a bunch of food and ship it over to another place like we're still going through that process so he was telling me about his job and I was just talking with him about that like wow that's just so cool I mean you're still like you know the the like the first like basic things of filling the earth and subduing it was like I will cut down that tree and I will make <laughs> myself a cabin, you know, or whatever, you know, I will take these rocks and I will make a hut, you know, kind Man of Make things. fire. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but to be like at that level, you yeah. know, it's like where we're taking metals from the earth and, you know, we're to be responsible in the way mm-hmm. that we do that and everything, because we're going to have to, you know, inhabit the earth until Christ comes and, Establishes his kingdom here, and then remakes the heavens and the earth. But to to think of it like man, like your 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 work hmm. is like your contribution to subduing, filling the earth Dang. and subduing it. Yeah. It kind of helps maybe people think about well, what am I going to do for work? What yeah, what will right? I focus on? You know, because it, you want it to at least fulfill that. You know that there is something here where we are contributing to yeah. the building of a better world and place. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think it needs to be all like, you know, a, a hyper direct link. You know, like I'm feeding hungry people in impoverished nations. That's what those are. That's what I have to do yeah. for a career. I mean, that could be beautiful. That could be mm-hmm. the thing that that the Lord asks for you to do with your life. But Hopefully with my example, the zeros and ones and the code and everything yeah. like that, that's that's also part of filling the earth and subduing it, I think. So it's another great reason for, for work. Amen. I love that.
0: This, this fourth point, we can um, kind of begin to wrap things up uh, here, but this fourth point is that Paul told them, told the church to edify each other with their speech um, which I, I just love this idea of the church, the body of Christ, people in the church, edifying, encouraging, strengthening each other with our words. I think it's so beautiful. Can you talk to us about what, um, what does it mean to actually edify with our speech and uh, why is our speech important in this new humanity?
1: Mm. Well, the the way I said it here was believers have an opportunity to be the most encouraging people on earth. So true. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, like with Jesus, when he looked at his disciples, he looks at us, he sees something that we didn't even see ourselves in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And he encourages that out of us works with us slowly, but surely to, to make uh, us into what he's called us to be. Mm-hmm. and you know the rather than using our mouths to tear people down to corrupt to instead build up so that we can give grace to those who hear and not grieve the spirit but you know bless the spirit that's just really cool you know yeah. so i don't know how we would particularly or pointedly um, apply this but um, I, I guess for me, it's, it's more of a, when you gave your life to Christ, you were born again. So mm-hmm. you're born of the spirit. The Bible teaches the spirit came to live inside you at that moment. Mm-hmm. So not to, not to get all weird about it or to make it sound like you're, you're, uh, like a Jedi trying to follow the force or something like that. But could you, as a believer, slow down a little bit mm. and try to sense the leadings of the spirit mm. to encourage the people that are around you you know to lift them up to build them up it's a little step of faith to do that yeah right because you're kind of making yourself vulnerable you're <laughs> you're being kind you know you're stepping out but that encouragement could go a really long way. Amen. You know, you and I were just talking about right. that earlier today, you know, just personally how those words of encouragement, they just mean, you know, so much yeah. and mm-hmm. to listen to the Lord and just say, Lord, who would you want me to encourage? Who would mm-hmm. you want me to build up with my words? Who should I edify? But that, that's how he said it. Only such as is good for building up. So let the Spirit not be grieved, but be blessed as you follow Him in building up other people's lives.
0: Hmm. Amen. Let's just close this out right here, you know, thinking about all this, um, these things that Paul's talking about, putting off certain things, putting on certain things, having our minds renewed by the Spirit. It just seems that when we become Christians, we're given this new life, We're, we're dead to our old selves, we're alive to Christ. But there is just like this thing that just happens where we mess up you know like we fail we don't always edify people as, like we should we don't always work as hard as we should uh, we become enslaved to anger sometimes we, we we lie we don't we're not as reliable as we hope to be but but we still hope for what god can do in our lives and nay i'd love for you just to take a second just to speak to whoever's listening right now how can we continue to move forward Despite our flaws
1: Yeah, the idea of the whole passage is a continual process Mm -hmm. of putting off being renewed putting on Over and over and over (laughs) again, you know, it's a continual kind of thing You know to speak the truth. It's like you do that one day. Mm -hmm. You got an opportunity the next day to uh, Be angry but without sin you've got an opportunity for that today but an opportunity tomorrow and uh it maybe for for someone out there what they need to know is is uh it needs to maybe maybe what they need is a a vision hmm. for why they exist here on this earth in the first right. place and what I mean by that is, we're 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 getting ready this Sunday to go through uh, Hebrews 2, verse 5 through 18. And it's really fascinating because Paul, or the writer to <laughs> the Hebrews, yeah. had been talking about how Christ is higher than the angels. Mm-hmm. And how the angels are glorious and everything, but Jesus is higher than the angels. But then he launches in this little passage in Hebrews 2 into a thing where he talks about through some quotations from the Old Testament, how um, man is made lower than the angels, Hmm. but the angels were not destined to rule everything, but that human beings were created so that the creation could be subject Hmm. to human beings. And then he talks about how, but we don't see that right now. You know, we don't experience that. And the reason we don't experience that is because of the fall mm. of humanity. And we're just in like this constant battle with the earth, like I talked about earlier. And we, it's, we are out of control. And yeah. we, we don't have the whole mm. of creation submitted to us. But that was the original... Calling that God had upon us as human beings, He wanted us to be able to with dignity be in control to be to have the creation subjected to us as we were subjected to Him, right? The angelic realm got to watch, so but we're not feeling that or living that because of sin. So, when so then Jesus comes, the Son of Man comes, and though we don't see that here's what the author of hebrews says he says but we see jesus yeah so he comes and he makes a way for you know everything to be put under him and for a new creation to come that will be subjected to his you know people his followers so when you're thinking about that what that helps you understand is what your original purpose was your original destiny so I, I I'm saying all that because a lot of believers I think just think about the gospel as something where it's like okay you know I was in sin I was broken I was separated from God Jesus came He forgive me now I'm united to God and cool whatever it's right. good. But you got to have a vision for what God's original intention was and what God's ultimate intention is like He is wanting you to have dominion. Yeah. He's wanting to bring you back into that place of control, self-control, right. where sub- you're able to have things in subjection to yeah. you, not in a weird manipulative right. kind of way, but to where you are in your rightful, dignified, glorious place. Yeah, And uh, to be able to have self-control rather than anger, to speak the truth rather than to mm-hmm. lie, to be hardworking, these are all ways that you are... You are subduing the ground, the territory that God has given to you by the power of Jesus. So I guess just getting a little bit of a vision for like the vision that God has for you and what he's wanting to do in you. He's wanting to give that victory and power and bring you into that place of victory.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous podcast. Each week we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.